Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, a.k.a. the Chimerican. And uh, tonight we're continuing our Christmas coverage. Yay! Yay, Christmas! And because we just simply cannot escape horror movies, um, we're, we're talking about some more horror movies. Two of the best Christmas horror movies. Two of the best. Now, um, I feel like we're going to have to define horror movie a well, little of course bit here. Because they're, one of these movies is... Not a movie that most people would define as horror. And then one of them is 100% a movie that people would define as horror. Well, the people who would not define the one movie as horror are obviously wrong. um, Because it totally is. Uh, Yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about Better Watch Out, which is so, so insanely a horror movie. Um, And uh, and Home Alone, which is also insanely a horror movie. Because... Because it is, yeah, yeah, I think so. I I can I can agree with that assessment. Although not for the same reasons that you think it's a horror movie. I think that Home Alone is a horror movie for many reasons. So some of the reasons that you think uh, that it is probably fall under some of the things I'd say too. Mm-hmm. I just also see additional horror. Uh, yeah. So tonight's episode is going to be kind of like what we did with jingle all the way in krampus where it's more of an analysis episode less of just a review and if you have not seen either of these movies first off i mean come on home alone is at this point what like 30 years old i know it's not but i'm gonna say that it is no i'm pretty it's well it's like 28 years old and better watch out is it's a very new movie it only came out two years ago but oh my god (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and also like w- spoilers are going to be all over Ooh, the place man. and Better Watch Out is a movie that is best enjoyed with knowing as little as possible going in really. Just know that it is it has at least been advertised as a horror version of Home Alone because again, most people don't think of Home Alone as a horror movie even though it totally is. Sure. Yeah, it is. Um but just keep in mind that you should watch Better Watch Out before listening to this podcast because it really, I feel like it would really, I mean, not that it wouldn't be as enjoyable, but there are a lot of fun surprises in this movie that would be unfortunate to find out ahead of time. And you can watch it on Shudder too. I mean, so I, uh, I literally just finished watching it before we hit record and like it hit me almost as hard as the first time that I watched it. Yeah. So knowing everything that's going to happen it still has an impact. Oh, it definitely does. Because I, I, this is the second oh, time God. I've watched it, too. Um, and it, yeah, because that, that's kind of what I was afraid of going into it the second time. Is I was like, oh, I already know what's going to happen. So is it still going to be as enjoyable or not enjoyable, depending on your... Right. Because it gets pretty dark. It's, is it still going to have the same impact? Yeah. The, the only thing that really changed for me, uh, or at least the only thing that was like a noticeable change, was the pacing. Just in terms of not knowing what's going to happen next... Like the tension, the tension makes the time of the movie seem like a much longer movie. Yeah. But knowing what's going to happen and like knowing, okay, I know that the scene only lasts for this amount of time. It's like, huh, this didn't have quite as much of a, you know what? I thought that this whole series lasted longer. Yeah. I felt the exact same way. Like a lot of the stuff that happens toward the end of the film, like really just the last 20, maybe 30 minutes or so. Like, I was thinking that was most of the film before I went into it this time. Yeah, yeah so the, so the pacing changes a little bit, but just the overall impact did not change for me one bit. So, so yeah, you're going to have just as much fun 
if you know nothing about Better Watch, sorry, if you know everything about Better Watch Out, but knowing nothing about it, it's just, it's one of those kinds of movies that I think that you need to experience knowing nothing. Yeah. And and then there's still a huge rewatchability factor. Like, it is totally rewatchable. But, uh, but yeah, if you're the kind of person who does not like any spoilers whatsoever, turn off this episode, go watch Better Watch Out. It's on Shudder. If you don't have Shudder, get a subscription to Shudder, watch Better Watch Out, then come back and listen to this. Yes. If you don't care about spoilers, then stick around because there's no way that we can talk about these movies without getting into just such a major, major spoiler. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so yeah, you've, you have ample warning that this is going to be a very spoiler heavy episode. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, uh, one of the things before we start kind of diving into these movies, the parallels between home alone and better watch out. Like, I think that most people just see the surface level of them Mm -hmm. in terms of like the spider and the paint can. But there's actually a, a lot more with a deeper connection in terms of uh, some of the characters and their motivation. So I think that yeah, it's think so. a much deeper connection than just the paint cans. I think of it like this. So if Home Alone is Santa Claus, then Better Watch Out is Krampus. They're like a dark reflection of one another in a sure. way. God, Better Watch Out is so dark. I, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Oh my, like it, it is so insanely good, though. Like I don't want to overhype it. Because I don't... I, it's still, I, I mean, it's a low but It's definitely not like a Home Alone or anything where it had a lot of famous people. And I mean, it's very much a low-budget movie, small cast of characters. Um, but man, yeah, it's it's one that really, uh, really gets under your skin in some very surprising ways. Uh-huh. Well, and like the uh, the director, Chris Peckover, and the writers, Zach Kahn and Chris Peckover, like they've hardly done anything else. I think each of them has about three credits to their name in terms of like writing, producing, uh, directing. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Zach Kahn has done a lot more acting. But in terms of like actually directing, writing, making a movie, they don't have a whole lot under their belt. But this movie, this movie is insanely good. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's um yeah, especially for first time or sort of first time novice, I guess you would sure. say writer director. Um, it's 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 a really s- solid movie. I mean, very very well directed. It's one that is very aware of the genre of like both holiday classics and horror films, and it plays with genre in some really fun ways too. Um. And it has, it manages to really, really pack some pretty surprising twists, like twists that are really difficult. Like I didn't see any of, of what happened in this movie coming. Yeah. Rewatching it, there are enough hints to let you know. Yeah. And I love that so much. Like I love it when a movie doesn't tell you, hey, this is what's going to happen. But if you pay close enough attention or like once you know and you rewatch it, it's like, oh yeah, like you actually were giving me enough hints. Yeah. Okay. It's very carefully set up. Yeah. Like it's, that's what I noticed this, this time around too. Like there's so many little things that they focus on early in the film that if you're watching it for the first time, it just looks like a minor detail or something, but then you come to find out like it plays a major role later on in the film. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the things that stands out the most to me, and apparently we're starting with Better Watch Out rather than Home Alone, and I that's know. cool. This is backwards from what I was expecting. It, me but. too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fresh on my mind. Um, at, at about 30 minutes in, when 
and here starts coming major, major, major spoilers. So if you are still listening and did not listen to us when we told you watch the movie first, you're about to have things spoiled. When you find out that, um, oh, what's his name? Is it Garrett? Is that the uh, Garrett is the Nate is like the friend who comes okay. over. Yeah. So when Ashley and Luke uh, are hiding in the closet, and you see Garrett, and Ashley realizes, wait a second, that's Luke's mask, and like she comes out and confronts him, and then like she starts uh, telling Luke that he's just a deranged child, and you know what kind of infant thinks that he can get to second base just by scaring someone, mm-hmm. like. At one point, I, I think it's when she calls him deranged, and like it just his entire face and attitude changes. The first time I saw it, it I thought that it was just kind of like a, oh, she's disappointed. Oh man, this was stupid. Uh, she just thinks that I'm a child. Mm-hmm. But on a rewatch, like, mm, no, that is yeah, not how his face changes at all. <laughs> it goes into the like, oh shit things are about to go down yeah it's like okay here it comes (laughs) and it's kind of crazy to think too because everything that happens in this movie was not planned ahead of time like his plan was to scare her to for some reason i think that everything was planned ahead of time like i think that he was going to i think that his plan was to have sex with her and then to kill her i I don't think that he was ever going to let her go I don't know. I think that he had a backup plan and that was, well, if things go to hell, then here's what's going to happen. But I genuinely, because of the way that he acts throughout this film, like what's interesting to me between both Home Alone and Better Watch Out is the way that the kids in the movie are playing at being adults. Right. And they're trying to like, okay, let's, I want to be an adult. And in Luke's mind in Better Watch Out, what he thinks of when he thinks of adults are like, oh, I can just like, say fuck all the time and talk about sex and like he's he feels very confident and knowing like this is how adults talk this is how adults behave men can get women to sleep with them by scaring them or by showing dominance and control so i think that he legitimately thought that he could scare her into just being like oh i'm so worried please just come comfort me because later on in the film there's a part where she's he's like stroking her cheek when he when she's tied up and he's like oh you like that and she's like uh-huh and he just totally seems like oh this is it i finally did it like well, he just doesn't seem to understand that like his actions have consequences and that what he's doing is actually like horrifying to these people i don't know I, like, I think that he does know so I, he's God, surprised whenever she kicks him though well, like he thinks he's he like is. okay i've done it i've seduced her right well I, okay so i love the fact that uh he's reading maxim because Maxim knows what girls want. Like, that's why he thinks that showing a scary movie is yeah. going to, like, get her in the mood. Which, I, I I, don't know how intentional that was. But I really hope that it was an intentional sort of, like, yeah. Like, guys are using Maxim as their way mm-hmm. to think that this is what women want. Yeah. Maxim is not written for women at all. It is totally written for just like, oh, haha, you like boobs? Here's boobs, but like without actually being naked boobs. Like it is. <laughs> you, you like boobs that description? Not, boobs, not naked boobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I, I think that so many people do read magazines like that. It's like, oh, like that's how you're supposed to act. Like that's how things are supposed to happen. And so I think that I, I really hope that it was an intentional yeah, I sort definitely. of dig at like the types of people who who get their relationship advice 
from magazines. Well, I definitely think that's the case because, first of all, his parents are super overbearing and protective. So they're definitely the kind of parents who like, especially with his dad being Patrick Warburton, I can imagine if his uh, if uh, Luke ever said something like, Dad, so uh, I have feelings for a girl or whatever. It's like, hey, what is sex or whatever? Like, he just totally seems like the kind of dad to be like, oh, um, uh, well, uh, you know, it's what like to be totally uncomfortable with yeah. those conversations. So he has this very like misguided idea of what a relationship is or what it means to or what any kind of like I don't know he just doesn't understand actual human relationships his idea of a relationship is I'm going to woo you and you're going to fall for me and then I can do whatever I want with you here's why he does not understand actual human relationships it is because he clearly has any social personality disorder oh yeah he's he's 12 so at that point it's only um oh crap uh conduct yeah i had to think which one was which uh he, he's only 12 13 in a few weeks yeah uh, so it, it's conduct disorder for a kid but he is obviously going to be diagnosed with any social personality disorder as an adult so like all of the things that he's doing it's not that he doesn't understand consequences it's i don't care about them at all like well, even, I guess that's true, yeah. Even when you find out that uh, killing Garrett's hamster wasn't an accident, like he is intentionally mean to animals. And so all of the things that he's doing, like he gets pleasure yeah. out of causing harm to people. And so I think that that is why he was planning to kill her to begin with. Like I, I think that he was going to try to have sex and then kill her because he got just as much pleasure, if not more pleasure, out of causing harm to someone than he did out of, you know, potentially touching his babysitter's boobs. Yeah, well, I guess that is true because, man, there's there's that scene where he actually kills against super spoilers, super yeah. spo- like he kills Ed Oxenbold or whatever, I uh, can't remember, Garrett yeah. is the character's name. Which yeah, we, we man, probably like actually say who played who. I mean, you can look, the, look it up on IMDb or, you know, any place that lists things. Uh, it's Olivia Dejong, D E J O N D. I can't spell D E J O N G E. I don't know where the pronunciation in her last name is. Uh, but yeah, she played Ashley. Levi Miller played Luke. Ed Oxenbold played Garrett, and then some other bit characters that don't really matter as much. Um, those are the three main people. Yes, um, and so. Uh, whenever he actually kills him, it's like, this has been his best friend. And so like, again, kind of going back to like, he's never had any accountability because his mommy and daddy always get him out of everything. He even says that at some point, like whenever he kills him, he's like, look what you made me do. I didn't have a choice. I had to kill you because of what you were doing, trying to help her escape. And then he's like so upset with him about it. And then all of a sudden in just like snap of a finger, he's like, oh, well, see, it's over. I, don't, I don't think that it was he didn't have any control. Like, look what you made me do. I think that it was more of, look, dude, it's your fault. You got killed. Look what you made me do. Like there, there's a, a difference of the emphasis on look what you made me do mm. and look what you made me do. You know, I, I don't think that it was a I don't think that he didn't realize that he was con- in control of his own actions. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's what I mean. Like he he knows what he's doing, but at the same time he is well, he was in he his was mind, blaming. he is absolving himself of any guilt. Right. Yeah, he was saying it as a it's not my fault. You did this. Yeah. You killed him. 
you're the reason this is happening. It's not my fault. And and I think that a lot of that also plays into that antisocial where it's more of uh, that manipulation and sort of gaslighting people into thinking that they're the reason for the bad things happening. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Man, and this movie, what I think this movie does better than pretty much anything else it does, and it does a lot of things very well, is the way that it... constantly remind you that these are kids playing at being adults and how insecure that he feels about being younger like first of all i love how how often levi miller whenever he gets mad he starts screaming and his voice is cracking like it's so it just it's so great (laughs) um but like they're constantly um ashley knows how to push his buttons by making him feel inferior because he wants to be in control so anytime he like feels confident and feels like he's in control she'll just be like okay little boy and then just the way that his face changes the way his face drops every time she calls him a boy or a kid or whatever like it is so god the acting from this kid who i think was 13 at the time the movie was made i i don't know levi miller he is you're saying incredible man like it is a really crazy performance for for a kid his age um to be like dealing with such dark material and to be able to play it so well Oh man, it's he he was fourteen when it came out, so yeah, he was probably twelve or thirteen when it was being made, which only makes the movie that much darker. Um, Yeah, his physical acting and just like the the amount of emotion that he puts on his face, a lot of that absolutely is just amazing acting. But I mean, you got to give some credit to the directing. Oh yeah, absolutely. You you know that as he's doing something that. uh, Chris Beckover was like, "All right, you know, I'm I'm gonna need a little bit more of this. Okay, you're you're angry, but you're also disappointed. Like, I, I don't sure, know. Like, yeah. That was just a beautiful mix of the directing and acting to get so much out of those facial expressions. And from child actors too. I mean, like they yeah. obviously don't have a whole lot of credits to their name at this point. Any of the of the actors in this movie, but they're all fun." phenomenal i mean like typically and even even though they're not children per se like they're still like teens i guess um yeah or pre-teens like it's still very impressive yeah so uh keeping with the um like he's a kid playing at adult and there's also so many insecurities and a lot of again just kind of like some of that further evidence that he absolutely has conduct disorder um the the fact that he still had that um, that like womb sound maker, the uh, mm-hmm. the thing that made it sound like he was still in the womb, and so a lot of what he was doing, I don't want to say a lot. Some of what he was doing was driven by the fact that like his mom started being a little bit more distant. Yeah, you know, she didn't hold him like a kid anymore. So even though he was, you know, playing at adults and getting really mad at Ashley whenever she would say anything highlighting his childhood. So much of what he was doing was because his mom didn't hold him anymore. Yeah. And I I just I I love that dichotomy of he's trying to be all big and grown up and adult, but also like still just this sad little kid. And I don't know. It gives so much more depth to his character than if he was just a malicious killer. You know? Yeah. It's it's really remarkable the way the movie pulls off like him like just showing you how he is still a kid despite all that he is trying to do and how much he's really trying to seem like an adult throughout yeah. this film or what he thinks adults act like i guess in a way yeah God, this and there's a definite like 
a very interesting element of kind of a toxic masculinity thing going on here too, where he just, again, doesn't understand what a real relationship is or what it really means to love someone, even if it's just like a sexual thing. He doesn't understand attraction. Um, And I don't know. It's just, it's so dark and just adds this other layer of the film, other layer to the film that I find pretty fascinating. Yeah. The, God. And I mean, I, I like it's one of those things too where I feel like there are what's scary about it is I feel like there are a lot of kids his age who are, you know, there's kind of, I guess I'm assuming he's probably on the verge of or probably even going through puberty at this point. I mean, that's when yeah. most boys well, you, you hear some of the voice cracking or coming of age and all that. Yeah. And it's kind of scary to think about because I feel like there are probably a lot of young men who feel this way or not even necessarily feel this way, but think that that is how you get a woman to fall for you right like take it out of the extreme take it out of him he he so very clearly is diagnosable take it outside of that and just looking at like he's drinking to try to impress her Mm. and uh, he's reading maxim for relationship advice and he thinks that like trying to scare her is going to be the thing that actually brings them closer and just like the way that he and garrett talk to one another about how they're talking about sex and they're playing like mary kill and all this other stuff and it's like they have no idea what they're talking about but they think that they're like hot shit or whatever because and because I, <laughs> of these conversations they're having. I love the fact that, that, men. Uh, that when they're playing that, it's with the women or the girls, the females. I'm not really sure what the best descriptor um, from Adventure from, Time. Yeah, Adventure Time. And like, yeah, that's it's a great show and you can definitely watch it as an adult. And, you know, like it's, it's still a really funny show. It's not just a kid's show. But at the same time, it's it t- is totally a kid's yeah, show. Yeah, it's targeted for, for children. Yeah. And so, and like, it's just funny. Like, he's just like talking about like, oh, I bet this one character would give epic head or something. It's like, he's never, he's clearly never experienced that. Like, that's not an experience he's ever had in any shape or form. And it's just funny at how he's like, just trying to play it being smooth or what. I don't know. Like, it's just, he totally is a lot of the conversations that they were having are the types of conversations that you hear from like freshmen and sophomore college kids like in a dorm like oh we're finally away from the parents we're gonna and you know like they do all these things to try to like pseudo rebel yeah but in their pseudo rebellion like they don't realize how much harm that's actually doing yeah exactly (laughs) you know it's not just like yay freedom it's like oh part of my freedom is going to be taking away freedom from other people and again like take it out of how dark it is and this is so true to how so many people act and 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 that's scary and dangerous and and bad yeah i can totally see him growing up and in college like date raping someone and then you know only getting like nine months probation or something for it like because he's got or getting a supreme court justice yeah exactly like he totally seems like because again he's one of those people who his entire life his parents have bailed him out they're very overprotective and everything like at one point um i can't remember the context but there's one point where he's like oh don't worry my mom will buy another one like something is broken or no it was her phone yeah when he throws the phone into yeah he throws her her smartphone into a fish tank he's like don't worry my mom will buy you another one it's like that's probably like a six hundred dollar phone and he's just like oh whatever it's fine like he he just destroyed her phone and he's like it's cool yeah my parents will bail me out like that is totally the kind of person who grows up to be these 
terrible people who manipulate and abuse women and don't actually understand the consequences of their actions or who blame women like, oh, I'm sorry, your, your skirt they was too short. They understand the consequences of their actions. They completely disregard them. I keep saying that, I know, but that's what the, they, exactly. <laughs> but it's not the same thing. You're right. <laughs> like You're that's, right. That's why I keep highlighting this because like, mm, it's almost the same, but very different. Um. Well, yeah, and the fact that like he has the the sort of outer exterior of like the really nice guy. Yeah, you know, like he's clean cut. He's given hot chocolate to the carolers. Like he has this persona of what a sweet innocent child. But underneath that, like he is a terrible, horrible human being. And I really didn't expect our conversation to go this way. No, no, I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's the thing. Like people who look rough. Like those aren't the types of people that typically get blamed or uh, not blamed. I'm trying to think of a better way to say that because I didn't like how I was phrasing it. Someone who looks like a scary biker dude. Like people are very quick to be like, oh, well, yeah, obviously he did something wrong. Mm -hmm. But like the quote unquote clean cut frat boy like, oh, but he's such a good kid. He still has his whole life ahead of him. We can't punish him and take that away from him. Yeah, and yeah. and I think that a lot of people who do very bad things who know that they have some of the uh like physical characteristics or you know the money to to give their persona a clean guy cut like I I think that they use that to their advantage very intentionally. Mhm. Yeah, you're right. Um, I I keep saying they don't understand the consequences, but that's you're that's a totally you make a valid point like they understand they just don't care they know that they're going to get away with it so it doesn't matter they just do what they want to do yeah because that's what they've always done um and the thing i love most about this movie is that in the end they you don't know for sure but they imply he's not going to get away with it god i hope so so i was thinking about that because uh last episode when we were talking sort of have a happy ending in in a Krampus sort of way, even I I hope so. So yeah, like when we were talking Maybe about not happy, Krampus, but at least justice will be served. We hope. But again, I just imagine what Maybe. we've been saying. He's a kid. He's very clean cut. Has a nice, rich family. His dad's Patrick he, Warburton, who's charming as. F- so I mean, he he. Once they get to the hospital, he might be like, I just want to spend some time alone with her. You know, she went through so much. Like yeah, he very very easily could get away with having time alone to uh, to kill her. But God, I hope not. And oh, man, I, I, I love the ambiguity of the ending. Like, I yeah. do love that. I love the fact that at the end, oh, I don't know if she makes it out okay and if he gets caught or if he uh, is able to, quote unquote, take care of her before she says anything and if or he gets away with he it. he did, like, really set things up pretty well in the end to make it look like this was like a murder-suicide kind of thing. So I feel like there is a potential where her account of what happened that night might be discounted because she's gone through something traumatic or whatever. The kid was asleep. He, like he can he just was drinking uh, champagne. So he would have alcohol in his system. Like depending on how quickly she could uh, wake up and say something, you know, there would still be alcohol in the system. That's but, true. So yeah, when, when we were talking about Krampus and I was like, <clears throat> I want horror movies to have dark endings because it highlights that not everything turns out okay. That's not the case with Better Watch Out. You know, like, I, I think that the ending is perfect. And I think that the ending is exactly what needed to end 
with all of the events that took place, but God, I I so so want Luke to get caught and to know. be punished for all of his actions. Get him early so that way he doesn't turn into one of these terrible people who Oh, no, if he was arrested like that would be life in prison. Killing three people and attempted murder of Yeah, but a fourth? he's 13 at this point. I mean, I don't know. I don't That's know. he's a 13 year old white kid, so I mean, it's I true. just feel like he's it might not, only be like five years in prison. Yeah, if that. But God, I, I so want him to get caught. You know, like even when the credits started rolling, and it was like, yes, she's gonna wake up. Oh, thank you, thank you for giving some sort of resolution because otherwise, I was just gonna leave this movie heartbroken. Like yeah. the first time that I saw it, it's one of those things where it's a little too, not necessarily real because, of course, this doesn't happen a whole lot. But just that character just reminds me too much of actual injustices in the world, and you know these people who do terrible things and then are acquitted or whatever because they have affluenza or just right. It's just it's it it's too real and it, at least the character himself obviously exaggerated but it's a little too much like things that you hear about in the news and so yeah I definitely want justice to be served for this character because that's how I feel about people who are like him in real life right but, but yeah when when you get that sort of mid credits uh not really a stinger but when you get that mid credits like. I really want to go to the hospital. I'm concerned about her. It's like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. You know what? No. When I, I forgot about that. When I watched it this time, I, I stopped after the credits started rolling. I didn't go to the mid-credits scene. I forgot about that. Yeah, that mid-credits when he's like, I really want to go to the hospital. Like, that's where it's so much of that ambiguity of like, oh, crap. Is he going to get away with it? Like, that. Again, I think that it is exactly the ending that needed to happen with this movie. And, and, like, it is super dark, and he did plan everything out, and realistically, he probably would end up getting to her before she could say anything, but, God, it is, it is so dark, and it's so realistically dark, mm-hmm. that, like, I, I have to hold on to that glimmer of hope that she is going to say something before he can do anything about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm right there with you. It, like, okay, so one of the things that's different, and I know that we're not we've not even gotten to uh, home alone <laughs> but comparing better watch out with krampus one of the things that's different between those two is krampus has uh krampus has enough of that horror fantasy about it to where it's like yeah there's this mythical creature coming and punishing you for your wrongs mm-hmm. rather than there is a misguided kid who's doing things that he thinks he's going to be able to get away with like better watch out is just too real yeah it really is like it's and and that realism of it is why i need there to be hope when there's fantasy it's much easier for me to treat it like i i don't know uh like grim's fairy tales yeah and the characters are a little more like over the top and kind of they're representing they're more like archetypes representing types of people rather than individual i mean not to dog on the characters or anything but i mean i feel like it is a little bit more exaggerated yeah plus there's like just that morality tale driving it i mean um even looking at sinister major spoiler for sinister uh so if you've not seen sinister skip ahead like 45 seconds the fact that it is the the demon in the tv that is coming out and capturing these kids like there's so much metaphor with it Mm -hmm. that it's like okay i get it 
I'm not actually worried about a TV demon coming out and killing me. Right. But, you know, it it can destroy families and it can impact children and it can send them down a, a negative path. So, like, there's enough of a this represents this bigger piece. Yeah. That I'm okay with how dark the ending is. Better watch out. It is just... Man, aside from how far he goes, it's too real. Yeah. And and it hurts. <laughs> Again, even having seen this movie before, upon a rewatch, I, I still got to the end of the movie with just as much like, oh my God, I need to like, I need to go spread all the Christmas cheer right now. <laughs> like, mo- <laughs> Again, this is why this movie is essentially like Krampus. It, <gasps> it, it works God. in the same way. It's like, oh crap, yeah. Now I need to go be happy and make other people happy. <laughs> yeah. It. Oh, man. The, the, oh God, there was something else that I was going to say with that, but I'm having trouble. Oh, now I remember. Um, He's almost 13. The beginning of the movie, when he's just like watching movies, eating pizza, there's a little bit of like, why does he even need a babysitter? You mm. know, like I, I think that I was left alone by the time I was 13. Maybe. I feel like I probably was. I also had I older siblings. So, like, it was easy for my parents to, like, just leave all of us. And the fact that they left all of us because, like, my oldest brother when I was uh, 12 was 18. So, you know, it's like, yeah, it's whatever. The same as having someone watch uh, watch you. But, like, it wasn't that much longer after that anyways where it was all the siblings are gone. It's just me home alone at 12 or 13. Mm. And, like, I like, I didn't question it as a kid. You know, if anything, it was like, why they wait so long to let me just stay right. by myself? What do they think I'm going to do? But then watching Better Watch Out, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I would leave my kid alone at <laughs> 13. I don't expect them to throw a paint can in someone's face, but, ah, they, mm, man, there's too many things that they could do that could be just, like, bad and wrong. And, like, I, mm. I don't I don't know. It's 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 tough too because it's like you want your kids to be independent. You want them to experience to have that experience and to be able to like understand what it's like to be self-sufficient even if it's just for a few hours or whatever. You know, it gives them helps them to feel more confident in their abilities to take care of themselves. Yeah. But as a parent, of course you're going to always worry, especially like whenever they're being left home alone for the first time or whatever even if even at that age so yeah it's a tough it's a tough balancing act i think yeah well speaking of being home alone let's tie in some home alone yeah from one horror movie to another from one horror movie to one of the greatest (laughs) christmas horror movies i don't care what anyone else says home alone is totally a christmas horror movie so let's talk about let's talk about that then so about the horror aspect of it because i've you've you've been on this for as long as i've been on the podcast even though we haven't really talked <laughs> a whole true, lot about it i mean it comes up every now and then on other episodes for some reason it just pops in there somehow. sure so i agree with you and before i rewatched home alone this time i was like okay yeah that makes sense it's a kid who's home alone and there are burglars trying to get into his house like that is home invasion that sure. is horror when i rewatched it i was like oh my god this really is a horror movie for those reasons but also because now I'm a parent and on, this is actually the first time I've watched this movie since I became a parent, which is kind of weird. I haven't watched home alone in at least eight years. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been on, but I haven't actually sat down to really watch it and pay attention to it, man. I just really quick. I remember 
Home Alone just kind of being like, oh, yeah, you know, childhood classic, loved it, but eh, I didn't really watch it all that much. It's kind of how it was for me growing up. In like the last three years, I here's what changed it. Um, I was at a friend's house and he has two boys that I think are also in like that six to eight or eight to ten, you know, around that age. And I brought over a VCR and a VHS copy of Home Alone. Mm-hmm. And so awesome. their first experience of watching Home Alone was on VHS. And just like seeing the joy that they had in watching that movie, I was like, oh, right. This movie is like really good. It really is. Like, I, that's the thing. Like, I was going into it this time just being like, oh, it's it's probably just going to be like a cheesy kids movie or whatever. And I don't know. Like, I wasn't I didn't have my expectations very high watching it this time. But I was like, man, this actually like it's a really great movie. Yeah. Genuinely a great movie. It definitely earns its reputation. But so the one thing that I noticed that the first thing I was like, Oh my God, he is eight years old. Uh huh. I thought that he was the same age as like the kids in Better Watch Out. I, I, for some reason, I was thinking that Macaulay Culkin was 12 or 13 in this movie. So when they say that he's eight years old, I'm like, holy shit, that would be like if I left Ian home alone. Uh huh. Okay. And then not only is he left home alone, his parents are literally in another country while he's home alone. Uh-huh. They have no way to contact them because even they really do a really spectacular job of filling in all of the holes where it's like okay i understand like how this happened like they can't call because the power lines were down because of the snow or whatever that happened and then you know the police all the neighbors are gone the neighbors are gone because they're all on vacation because they're all a bunch of rich people and uh like they do a really great job of trying to fill in all those gaps where it's like or and then like when they forget him it's like oh they slept in and they were in a rush and they asked somebody to count the kids and then that other neighbor kid just happened to be there. And so they do a good job of like explaining. I still kind of like for me, there's this little nagging feeling. It's like, I still don't feel like I would forget my kid, but I think in the movie they do a good job of justifying it. Well, and this is, it's a piece that's highlighted, but it's something that I think that a lot of people have overlooked because it takes place during a very frantic. Oh, it's the plane uh, ticket, right? The plane ticket and his passport are thrown away. So, like, the next day when they're gathering up all the tickets and, like, they get to where they're going and it's like, all right, here's the number of tickets and the number of people, it matches. Matches, yeah. And, like, you you kind of notice that they really show the plane ticket, but when he's throwing things away, you see the passport. Yeah. It's almost like the uncle is, like, deliberately trying to... because he's such a dick to Macaulay Culkin like it's crazy and his parents don't even say anything to the uncle it's like dude if my brother or my like brother or sister-in-law were saying that stuff to my kids I would want to punch them in the face I would be like dude you need to leave this room like that is ridiculous that you're I mean I understand he was being a little bratty well but holy crap all parents are all stressed about uh, their big trip to Paris and like Kevin was kind of being a turd. I mean, he and definitely was. That's so that's that's true. He was being a total brat. It's very easy to say. All right, if someone was saying that to my kid, you know, I'd whatever, paint can him to the face. But <laughs> putting it in a much more realistic situation that uh, that I'm positive that you've been in. Have you ever been having just like kind of a rough, stressful day, and one of your kids, they're not even doing anything wrong. But there's like, daddy, 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 daddy. And you're like, oh my God, what? Oh yeah, for so, sure. Like, I like, definitely get why they're frustrated with Kevin, even so though... it's more of that, where like, there's so much stress that I, I don't think that they realized how mean one of them was being. 
I think that it was just more of like, oh my god, Kevin, what did you do this time? You know, so yeah. I, I, and I mean, I it's a movie. It. It's a movie that exists in a obviously cartoonish kind of universe. So I mean, it's one of those things like I can totally forgive. It's fine. Um, okay, but anyway, so. I feel like it does a pretty good job of justifying the fact that he was left alone and that the parents would, in given the circumstances, understandably leave him behind. Sure. Like, they do a good job of that. So, like, just imagining, like, being all the way across the, like, being in another country, my kid is home alone, not even knowing the fact that there are burglars coming around, and just, like, imagining my child trying to fend for himself at eight years old. I mean, Kevin, he's he's obviously pretty precocious for his age. I don't even know if the parents realize that because of the way that they treat him. Like they seem to kind of not even, not necessarily neglect them, but I mean, he's one of five children and he's not yeah. the baby. He's kind of, he's not even the middle child. I thought exactly. he was the youngest. No, like I the other kids are cousins. Fuller, I thought was, is Fuller not his brother? I thought, no, I think that he was his cousin. He's his brother. In he's his brother life. in her life. So I just assumed it was his brother. So maybe he is the youngest. Yeah. Child. I think that it was the cousins. So I think that it was just, cause th- there were definitely um, kids who were cousins cause there were more than five kids, but in the family yeah. photo, there's I think five kids in the actual family that lives in the house. Were there? I don't know. Anyway, um, either way, he's got so many siblings that of course he's probably going to feel like he's left behind or and his parents won't necessarily neglect them, but they can't give as much attention to him as he maybe requires given like how needy he is or whatever. And, uh, because you know, they even mentioned it's like, Oh, you haven't packed yet. And they're like, Oh, it's okay. Mom will do it for you. Like she always does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he's the youngest. Yeah. I think you, I think you might be right then. That makes yeah. sense. I just got confused. But anyway, so just thinking about the fact that it's like an eight-year-old kid who doesn't really know how to be self-sufficient at this point. Parents are not there to be with him. And he's home alone for, what, two or three days? I think it's two days. Yes. While the mom is trying to get home and she's constantly... Because she gets back on Christmas. Do they leave on Christmas Eve? I think they leave... Maybe, maybe it's a only couple two days. days. I can't yeah, remember. It's, it's a few days, though. Yeah. It's not and long. Just it's like less than a week. Thinking about, like, oh, my God, he's going to be terrified and oh my god like what if he tries to leave and go find somebody or and gets hit by a car or what like just in my mind imagining my kid being home alone is absolutely terrifying to me Mm -hmm. so that in my mind is why this movie feels like a horror movie to me there are definitely other elements to it but as a parent watching it this time i was like that is just terrifying yeah well and like that's where a lot of that horror does come in is because it's playing on that real fear of what if something happens to my kid what if i neglect them what if i leave them alone what if something bad happens because i wasn't there in that exact moment Mm -hmm. so i mean even bringing it back to the first week of our 60 days of halloween with the um parenting fears week yeah like home alone totally could have fit in with that week of what if I make one simple mistake and I have put my life, my son's uh, life in danger because of just overlooking something mm-hmm. or because I'm too focused on on time or too focused on, well, I need to get this thing done rather than am I providing the needs for my family? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that fear is absolutely one of the reasons that it's a horror movie. Yeah, definitely. The home invasion. I mean, that's an easy one. It's a home invasion movie. That's, yeah, that's easy. Um, the, uh, the creepy old neighbor dude who like they have that. Oh yeah. Story. Forget, yeah. That makes it obviously that's a horror. That's a horror element. You think, I mean, I feel like 
even if I hadn't watched this movie before, I'd be like, well, obviously he's not a serial killer. He's going to turn out to just be like a kindly old neighbor. But I mean, I'm still, I'm sure if you're a kid and you don't know that much about movies and you don't like have that kind of like, oh, this is typically how movies like this play out. It's like, oh, maybe he really is a serial killer. Yeah. So there's definitely a horror element to that. Well, even just thinking about all of the horror tropes that happen in Mm. Home Alone. So uh, there's that one. There's the like crazy old neighbor dude who is, you know, kind of the misdirect or like the one that you think was the one who did everything. Uh, You have the cops not believing the story, you know, because they're like, oh, whatever, crazy lady. Just the same as in any other horror movie. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, there's this monster chasing me. Oh, whatever, crazy person. You're drunk. Just like in Gremlins, which was written by Chris Columbus, who directed Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, God, I'll come back. No, you know what? I'm going to take a second right here. Home Alone. Written by John Hughes, directed by Chris Columbus. Yeah. That alone is why this movie is amazing. Is it just like, okay, what better 80s pedigree could you have, even though it was the 90s? It was um, 1990. I feel like when you get a, a grace period, like 1990 is still kind of the 80s. It was made of. in the 80s, released in the 90s. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so you have the cops not believing um, the person. You got the furnace. You have the furnace, the creepy, like haunted house that is uh, like having uh, someone overcome their fears. Learning how to overcome their fear is part of what helps them be successful. You have a pseudo final girl. He's the final kid. You have a final virgin. Um, <laughs> what? It's just it's just a funny way to put it. <laughs> I mean, we could call Kevin. He's Hollister not distracted the final by girl. he's not distracted by sex and hormones. He pulls out the Playboy magazine. He's like, no clothes on anybody. Disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> gross, and throws it away. So, so like all of those horror tropes, um, like you get those in in Home Alone. So it's not just the overall theme. It's what are some of those uh, cinematic. Um, cinematic tricks that they use to put you in that mood of no one is going to be able to help you you are on your own how are you going to overcome this you have to figure out a way or else you're you're screwed and just isolationism in general i think is is a like widely used horror trope like in something like the thing or something um just like knowing that you are alone against some kind of force that it wants to hurt you yeah yeah, so uh, there's there's all kinds of reasons that Definitely. Home Alone is totally a horror movie. The one thing I find interesting in watching Home Alone and Better Watch Out together is in that they're basically taking the same scenario and showing you two different ways of how it could play out. So like in Better Watch Out, it's we're going to leave our kids home and that allows him to indulge in his worst fantasies and to just be a kid trying to play it an adult and doing the exact opposite of what an actual adult human with compassion would do. Yeah. In home alone, it's interesting because he's, he seems very like helpless in the beginning. He relies on his family or whatever to do everything for him. But in being home alone and getting his wish of like, Oh, I want to be an adult. He actually does become more independent and more responsible. And he's going out and buying groceries and he's doing his laundry and he's like doing his like, morning routine of not not shaving or whatever but like putting on the aftershave or whatever and like so he's also kind of playing at an adult but he gets what it means to be an adult i mean ish there's also some of the uh like 
one of the meals that he has is like just sugar and yeah, it's still, like it still it still does that thing where it's like it kind of brings you back like oh yeah, it's still a kid playing at being an adult, but I mean it's it's fun to see like he actually does grow up in yeah. this movie, which is not what happens at all in Better Watch Out. I, it's it's I, not the worst case scenario. It's it's the best case scenario other than the bandits coming in and he has right. to defend his home. But like it's like this is what you want from a child who is left by himself. It's like you want your child to feel more confident in his ability to take care of himself or herself. Well, and also uh, Kevin McAllister like realizes over the course of however long the movie is that he does miss his family. That yeah. He does need them. But not in the, I need them to do everything for me. More of a, I'm more self-sufficient. I'm more autonomous. But I still need them. I still love yeah. them. And I don't want them gone. I want them here with me. And it's so fun how the... space, but I need family. It's so fun how the movie makes it out to be like, he wakes up and he thinks that he's just gotten a Christmas wish or something. It's like, yeah. oh man, this is great. Like, I got my wish. I want my... Because he does the thing where he's like, I wish I didn't have family or whatever it was he says and he wakes up and they're gone well we, and uh, so he doesn't just he doesn't question it he doesn't think they're out there he doesn't try to make any kind of contact with anybody to get in touch with his parents he just he's like okay i got what i wanted i'm going to be an, a grown-up now well and we very easily could have paired home alone with krampus for that very reason of i want them gone yeah that's right krampus just so happens to also take the kid um ah, crap what was i gonna say I don't remember. Sometimes we we get going down a path and like, oh crap, where were we going? Uh, so like, there's some of the very obvious parallels um, between Home Alone and Better Watch Out in terms of like why it's a much more adult horrific version of uh, of Home Alone, mm-hmm. where you have a kid essentially Home Alone with a babysitter. You have a home invasion, a seeming home invasion. Yeah, that's what's so great about the twist in, in Better Watch Out because going into it, I was like, oh, this is a horror version of Home Alone. And then it's like, oh, okay, so there's not really a home invasion. Like, this is totally, yeah. it makes that twist so much better. Uh, you have the paint cans. You have the spider. Yeah, you, you got the spider. Uh, I feel there's like a, there's, there's a gun. In Home Alone, there's a BB gun. Right. Whereas the, in, the, the, it's a shotgun. You got scary movies. Even yeah. though in Home Alone it's not really a scary movie, it's just a movie that scares him because he's not used to watching yeah, violence. It's a it's a fake noir movie. I watched I watched the movie when I was with my kids this time, and I was like, oh, there's not going to be anything. Uh, like it's funny because in the movie he's eight years old, and the movie that he's watching, Angels with Dirty Souls or whatever, Filthy, Filthy Souls, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, um, it scares him. And I was watching it with my kids, and they've never like I deliberately tried to steer them away from watching anything where like people are murdered and sh- or shot with wep- with guns. So like this is really the first time my kids have been exposed to somebody <laughs> being shot with a gun. And I was watching and I was like, oh man, I totally forgot about this. And like they sort of reacted the same way that Kevin did. Not necessarily like scared and closing their eyes, but they were like looking at each other like, holy crap, should I be watching this? Yeah. And so I had to kind of stop it for a second and talk to him like, yeah, it's okay. Like this is just, th- it's make-believe. Like that's... I was trying to explain, like, you know, he's watching the movie. It's kind of scaring him. Like, did it bother you guys? You want to talk about it? And they're like, oh, it's fine. So It's a movie within a movie. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I really wish that there had been, like, a feature-length Angels with Filthy Souls. Oh, yeah, I know. It's so awesome. Yeah, I, I want to see the rest of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, when I was a kid, I remember the exact same thing. Like, I remember that part of the movie being like, oh, he's watching an R-rated movie. Like it was almost like watching Home Alone was subversive in that I got to watch a part of an R-rated movie because I didn't yeah, understand I that it was a fake movie within a movie. Yeah, but like it, it felt like 
I'm I'm watching something that I shouldn't. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I like that. So I also love the fact that the movie that they're watching and better watch out is obviously a fake movie. Oh yeah, I know. I want to see it. <laughs> like I, I, I want. Uh, I know. I was wanting more of that. Yeah, I so want there to be a feature length of what actually uh, the the movie that they're actually watching. So, um, so yeah, Chris Peckover and Zach Con get on that. Make a feature length of the fake horror movie because I need it. <laughs> So yeah, you have them watching something that they shouldn't. They're um, eating things that they shouldn't. Uh, and better watch out. It's champagne and Home Alone. It's just like ice cream and sugar or whatever it is. Um, there, there's the spider. There's the the paint cans. Um, they're both like surprisingly violent movies in a way. Like I think Home Alone is one of the when it came out. I I guess it was criticized for its violence. Or maybe it was Home Alone too that was more criticized for its violence. Home Alone is, I would say, more violent than Better Watch Out. It is. No, it really is. Better Watch Out is most of the violence is implied and off screen. Um, it's it's more graphic. It's, yeah, it's more graphic for sure. You have a. It takes basic. It basically takes the violence that you see in Home Alone and shows like, okay, this is. I mean, they literally directly reference Home Alone with the paint can thing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this is what would really happen if you hit somebody in the face with a paint can. If you dropped a paint can and let it swing down and hit somebody in the face. Yeah. (laughs) There's no way that you would survive that. There's definitely a commentary on, like, the type of violence in Home Alone and how cartoonish it is. Well, like, especially because as a kid, I, I don't know about you, but when I watched it as a kid, I was like, ooh, if someone ever breaks into my house, this is what I'm going to do to protect them. Yeah. You know, like, like I started thinking through some of those things. Um, or, or like in, um, in Babadook where the kid makes the, uh, the sort of like little dart gun type thing. Yeah. You know, like I remember doing some of that stuff as a kid after seeing home alone, not like actually making weapons, but just sort of a, almost like having a stash. Like, okay, if someone breaks in, I'm going to whatever, get my nerf gun, but I'm going to like freeze some of the darts. So that way it's, you know, it's a much harder yeah. whatever things that obviously wouldn't have stopped anyone from breaking into the house but, yeah but you think through some of it or like I, you have your bucket of micro machines like just in case to be able to throw at them and i love too that in the first home alone movie the traps that he sets actually seem like something an eight-year-old could make like in home alone 2 and especially in home alone 3 like there's no way an eight-year-old kid would know how to make some of these traps yeah so like i like in the first one they're a lot more like they feel a lot more diy the only one that's a little bit like, I don't know if a kid would know how to do this, is the like flamethrower or the, the torch that sets his head on fire. But I mean, it's still like whatever. Well, and that torch so would have killed him. Oh my God, I know. And then even like the, the iron that falls down from the chute, like you would be... That would have crushed his face. It would, your, your skull would be crushed in. Oh gosh. And the one, like honestly, the most cringe-inducing moment in either of the movies we watched is when he steps on the nail. Mm-hmm. The nail... Oh, man. It's so... I was just about to say cringy. that exact same thing. When um, when he steps on that nail, like, because he steps on it so slow, and I've stepped on a nail before. I've not had those other things happen to me. But I have stepped on a nail, and it hurts. Oh, yeah. It wasn't nearly as big as like one of those giant roofing nails that he steps on, but still. He doesn't step on it all the way, though. It just goes in a little bit before he pulls his mm. foot away. Ah, mm. Mm. Like it hurts so bad even to think of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So those are all the surface level connections. Well, and I think, too, like it's both. I'm trying to think of some other ones that I had listed. You've got um, 
they're both making plans to defend themselves, but in totally different ways. Yeah. So Macaulay Culkin is literally defending his home, whereas uh, Levi Miller and Better Watch Out is trying to prepare a defense to make sure he gets off, like gets away with his crimes. Yeah. Um, the, oh, there was one more. They're both really funny. I, and we haven't mentioned that both of these movies are kind of comedies in a way like better watch out is really funny at times. Home alone again, super funny. That part where Marv has the spider on his face and he screams <laughs> is, is freaking hilarious. One of my favorite scenes in home alone is a deleted scene where, um, uh, is it Harry, Harry and Marv, Harry and Marv. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're singing a version of Santa Claus is coming to town. But it's um, something like Harry and Marv are robbing your house. or so. I, I forget exactly how they change oh, that it. That sounds pretty funny. But one of the things that's so great about it is the first line of Santa Claus is coming to town is you better watch out. <laughs> so there's a deleted scene with the two of them singing you better watch out. And then better watch out is obviously that's funny. I wonder better if that's watch why out. They get, I wonder if that's why they got the why they use that title. I, I, I hope so. It's pretty funny. There's great dialogue too. Like Macaulay Culkin, I mean, he's actually a really talented child actor. I mean, yeah, he like, doesn't feel coached for the most part. And there's just like some really funny, like when he buys the toothbrush and he's like, is this approved by the American <laughs> Dental Association? Like, I don't know. It's just so funny because again, he's like, oh, I feel like this is what an adult would be asking someone in this situation. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just a solid movie. I'd say it's a lot of fun for the whole family. Um, the humor in Better Watch Out because that movie is so dark like i felt uncomfortable every time i laughed at something like it it felt like i i know that there is still humor even in the darkest moments in life Mm -hmm. but i don't feel like i should be happy enough to laugh right now yeah this mm, this feels wrong but the humor felt natural like it felt like it was well again because it's just such a ridiculous situation that there is like some like if this is really happening, thinking about like two kids trying to pull something like this off, like there is something that's kind of darkly funny about that in a way, like not necessarily pulling off murdering people, but just right. like the fact that they're so incompetent at it and that they just keep. I, I don't think that there was incompetence. Like, I don't think that. Um, I don't well, think and that again, it's Luke just it's just because they, they're trying to be what they think adults do. Like they're trying to act the way that they think adults or at least like cool kids act or older kids or whatever. And they're clearly not as edgy as they think they are. Yeah. I mean, I guess they kind of are, but like it's the dialogue mostly. I think that the part in better watch out that was like the most shocking is when Garrett gets shot. Oh yeah. That really comes out of nowhere. Like it's, yeah. And it's like, what? what? No, Oh, because like at that point, he's starting to change. And so like you start having hope that maybe things are going to turn out. Nope, they're not going to turn out. Okay. And it's just, again, it's one of those things where not quite as taboo as we thought, but you're murdering a kid and you're actually doing it kind of on screen. You at least show him getting shot. Yeah. Um, That's pretty, pretty surprising. I think that there's just this thing where when you see a kid in a movie, you even if it's a horror movie, you expect them to make it to the end. Not anymore, I don't. I know, I, not anymore. I used but to. <laughs> with all the movies that we watch, it's like, you know what? No. Like kids kids are not fair game anymore. That's true. The um or, that's not how kids are not safe anymore, is what I meant. Um <laughs> here was probably the 
biggest, not, I don't even want to say biggest, here's one of the connections that isn't shoved in your face, but it gives a lot more depth to the connection between Home Alone and Better Watch Out. Both of them, uh, it, it's about the relationship between the son and the mother. In yep. Home Alone, he's like, oh, I hate my entire family. I don't want anyone here. But then the mom's one who's rushing back trying to save him. It's like, oh, no, my son, he's the Home Alone. Bah. The dad's just kind of like, hey, it'll be fine. We'll get back in a few days. It'll be okay. Um, and, and so when she gets back, like there's that very moving scene where it's just like, yes, they're reconnected for Christmas and it's wonderful. And then the mm-hmm. rest of the family shows up fine, whatever. Although how are they not super pissed at him for like, we just cut our entire trip to Paris <laughs> short because of you. It's not his fault. He, he didn't wait. Like he overslept just like everybody else did. I'm and just they, saying they forgot him fault because they put him in the attic. They forgot him, but I'm just it's all saying. Buzz's fault. Really? If he hadn't eaten that fucking piece of pizza, <laughs> none of this would have happened. Actually, yeah, that uh, that probably is the biggest contributing factor. Buzz is the actual villain in in Home Alone. He is the worst. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. So in in Home Alone, like she's trying to go home to to reconnect with her son, and because he had been through so much, now he is happy that they're back. He doesn't want them gone. And better watch out. Again, like most of what he's doing is because his mom had started to be a little bit more distant. She hadn't been holding him and sort of babying him. And oh, and so a lot really... of what he was doing was to regain that connection of like, because like even Look when, through this traumatic thing that's happened to me. Yeah. Now you can, and, and that's even at the, at the end of the movie, she's holding him and rocking him. Yeah. Well, and like right before Luke kills... um. What's her name? I want to say Tracy, but that's not right. Ashley. Ashley. Right before he kills her. Well, thinks he kills her. Right before he thinks he kills her. Um, she's like, I know why your mom stopped holding you. And like then she shuts up. And like that's yeah. what sends him over the edge. So there, there is that connection of a son being distant from his mother and, and just wanting that connection again. Mm-hmm. And wanting to still be her little boy and yeah they're having to grow up and in the case of home alone he had to grow up and be a more mature person in the case of better watch out he's doing things that he thinks an adult is supposed to do but at its heart it's still just a scared little boy that that wants his mom because life sucks and sometimes you need a hug yep Man, that's that's deep. Yeah, deep cut. That's what I, I, do. I did. I did pick up on the mom connection, but I didn't take it quite a, quite that far. I think that's that's pretty. That's very interesting. Well, you know, it. I I feel like it would have been a very boring episode if the only connection between them was like, "There's a paint can." Well, no, and I definitely think there are some some other. I'm trying to. Think, I, I feel like they're just kind of dark reflections of one another, showing you two different kinds. Like, I mean, even with. Hold on a second. I'm trying to pause and you, you can look through your notes. It's okay. My notes. Yeah, doing it's, doing it's the okay uh, doing the, the Nathan people thing. Who listen to know that we use notes sometimes. I was I was I found there to be an interesting connection between the fact that Luke is very much driven by like how by his hormones and sex and the fact that Kevin in the beginning just totally rejects it. He like like I feel like. If I was a younger kid, maybe not quite as young as Kevin, and I was home alone and I found a Playboy magazine, it'd be like, ooh, something forbidden. I need to look at this. Kevin was eight. He was eight. He's a little too young, I think. But I did find that to be kind of interesting that there was a little bit of a connection there. Um, 
<laughs> I love the fact that uh, the picture of Buzz's girlfriend is a boy. It's actually a boy dressed up as a as a girl because uh, it, yeah, I, I read that like, Chris Columbus didn't want to like make fun of an actual girl or yeah. whatever. So he just got like one of the producers to dress up his son because so because he felt bad. And I love that. I love the fact that even in that scene where like they're still kind of making fun of somebody's like guys we can't actually do that we can't like actually make fun of a girl for how she looks yeah let's just dress up a boy and you know yeah it'll it'll be fine it's nice because i feel like there are a lot of movies that are a lot more mean-spirited and especially if it's like if there's a character who's overweight like in monster squad or something how the one kid is literally just is it fatso fat kid fat kid yeah they just call him fat kid yeah that's it it's like that's not nice. He's <laughs> my an name is Horace. Like that's a real kid who is now like being known as the fat kid in a movie, and he probably already struggles with his weight in real life. And it's like that's not nice. So yeah. it is it is cool to see a movie that takes a joke that's a little mean spirited, but makes it not quite so bad. Yeah. It, I mean, it's realistic because if if it's an actual kid who sees that picture, I mean, I feel like it's not. It wouldn't be surprising to see him like be like, oh, man, he's so gross or whatever. But yeah, like I, I think that Kevin McAllister's uh, reaction is accurate. But I love the fact that um, that they didn't use a picture of a real girl. Cause, yeah, because it's wanna, very sweet. And it's yeah. such a sweet movie. And I love too at the end that it shows the uh, the neighbor reconnecting with his his son because like it's it's such a like it's one of those things where like I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, this is like genuinely warming my heart by the end of the movie. It's so sweet. Yeah, and oh god, that old dude is such an amazing actor. He's great. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know if he's really been in anything else. Um, but but during that movie, uh, let's see, Roberts Blossom. Roberts has been oh he's been in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He was a, a farmer. I was gonna say I think that he has had like a pretty. He was in like as a as like a The Quick and the Dead. So not like a supporting actor yeah. in a lot of the things. It's been Northern Exposure, Doc Hollywood. Yeah, so he, he's had a bit part in a lot of um, movies and TV shows. Tales from the Dark Side. Um, but yeah, like he just plays that character so realistically and convincingly to the point where like I want to see his movie. You know, like I, I want to see the movie of the old man reconnecting with his family because it's just yeah, it's it's heartwarming. It is. It really is. It it was great because I, I was reading that the originally the movie was just going to like freeze frame on Kevin going like, oh, you know, just hung around when they asked him what he'd been doing. But then they decided to add in like, oh, yeah, let's follow up on the storyline where he talked to this older man. Yeah. And that was such a great decision because, again, like it's just such a sweet note to end on that really gets at the meaning of Christmas and yeah. like being connected with one another. So. Well, and especially because you have that entire thing with uh, with the old man saving him. So like you yeah. needed some sort of like good things happen to him. Yeah. So for what he did. All right. In any final thoughts on uh, Home Alone and its relationship to Better Watch Out? Uh, I think that's that's really all I got. I feel like for me, it was mostly just the connection between two kids and how they use their independence to try to grow up and how they just go in totally opposite directions in so opposite so directions. opposite directions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. They they are both amazing movies. I think that Home Alone is appropriate for just about everyone like i would say that your kid needs to be at least six or seven depending um but like I went as five he watched it he liked it okay 
five. But, but you also have an older son. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I feel like having an older sibling usually um, means that the younger sibling sees things earlier than what they would have if they were alone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, if you have a kid, you know what? Home Alone is appropriate for all ages. If Everyone. they're younger than five, they're not going to understand it anyways. They might be a little scared. You're probably going to have to talk to them. Like, yeah, just be careful with that be, that scene with the Tommy gun because dude, get, like, he murders that guy and then keeps shooting his dead body. Yeah. Well, and like and it's shown also, on screen. You're also going to have to talk about like, okay, don't actually put cars out for someone to fall over and don't actually throw a paint can at someone. So like you're going to have to have the same talks with them um, after Home Alone that you would probably have after watching any sort of like Looney Tunes cartoon, but maybe a little bit more depth because it's real people rather than a cartoon. Um, but once you think that they can understand the fact that like don't actually do these things. Home Alone, totally appropriate for all ages. It's fun. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It is very Christmassy. If you like horror movies, it's totally a horror movie. If you don't like horror movies, uh, maybe it'll get you in the mood to start liking horror movies because it totally is a horror movie. It is. Yeah. Better Watch Out is also an amazing Christmas horror movie. It gets at a lot of the spirit of Christmas, but it is so, so insanely dark. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're going to do a double feature, oh watch Better Watch Out first so that way you can have Home Alone to lift your spirits afterward. Yeah. Although if you haven't seen Home Alone, I feel like you should watch Home Alone first because I feel like it adds a little bit more depth to Better Watch Out. Yeah. And like there there are, wor- I don't want to say worse, there are darker movies out there. There are movies that, you know, by the end of it, have you feeling so much worse than what you would feel at the end of Better Watch Out? So it's not like it is the darkest or, or like just the most insane movie. But again, it is it's just so realistic and so heartbreaking, especially because it's kids that even even with this being a repeated viewing, like I was still a little a little shook at the end yeah. of it. Like Eric, uh, Eric got here to record. It's like I, dude, <sighs> like better man. Guys, oh my god! I, <laughs> all right, we need to talk about things. I need to process this. I just, oh god, it's so. Oh, um, it's time for therapy uh, now. So That's what this uh, podcast is, yeah, and it, it, like it doesn't have the highest rating. Uh, IMDb only has it a six point five. What's wrong with you, IMDb? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's too low. Um, and I don't want to oversell it. I don't want people to go into it and be disappointed but it is amazing. It's dark. It's got great performances. Oh, it, it, it will hit you. It really will. And, uh, yeah, if you can, if you can stomach a dark movie that will have you questioning whether or not humanity is, has decent people at all. <laughs> um, then, then better watch out is right up there for you. Cause I, I love it. It's amazing. I'm in total agreement with you. All right. Eric, where do you want people to find you? Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Chimerican on Instagram at Chimerican Reviews, where I have actually started posting. Yeah, you have things. Half of your posts are absolutely amazing. Half of them are fantastic. Yes, yes. I'm very proud of. You know what? I'm proud of both of them. I mean, I'm not proud of. Yeah, the first one. There's one that I'm proud of. The first one was just a screenshot because I was watching a movie and I was like, man, I need to talk about this. And uh, so, yeah, here's a picture. And, uh, and the second movie. one is a mashup of Krampus and Jingle All the Way. Yeah, as it should be. It's so good. I was. I'm very proud of it. It's, it's good. So it's, uh, 
I, I want to see that movie. Oh, I want to see that movie so bad, man. Like, not even kidding you. If if that was announced tomorrow, I would. It would become my most anticipated movie of whatever year it comes out. Well, especially Instantly. because like if they try to make a Krampus movie with uh, Arnie Schwarzenegger, I, I love how I've stopped calling him Arnold. It's just Arnie. He's Arnie. Like you know that it would be all Predator style, and oh, it God. would be like Arnold like trying to fight Krampus and man, maybe to rig up some sort of Home Alone esque contraptions. <laughs> just like in Predator, to try to take him down. God, you are making me too excited about this movie that is not going to exist. Yeah. Damn you. That's what I do. It sounds amazing. Yeah, because that would be so... That's perfect. Like, maybe even have it to where, like, Howard in... uh in a uh, jingle all the way is actually his character from predator. He like, <laughs> he's decided to like give up his, his, uh, time in the military. Well, no, in his no, special, the, special the, the turbo man, like being turbo man is what caused him to go into the military. So predator so it's backwards. Yeah. Predator is the, so he abandoned his family for full time to go fight alien monsters. He was already abandoning. Them. Oh, exactly. He just leaned into it. He's like, all right, you know what? I'm never there anyway. He, so fine. He got arrested for punching a reindeer, assaulting a police officer, <laughs> all of those things. Impersonating caught, a police officer. Yeah. All of those things finally caught up with him while he was in jail. Uh, his wife said, you know what? I'm going to go with Phil Hartman. Why not? He makes cookies. So his wife and son left him, which is why he ended up joining the military. And, and uh, Jamie was so upset that he became Darth Vader. Yes. See, this is what happens. Man, so Jingle All the Way, Predator... Star Wars and Krampus are all connected in one universe. Yes, as they should be. This is the official canon now. All right, where else do you want people to find you? Twitter, Um, Instagram? Letterboxd at Eric J. A. Y. And then on... uh, Well, it's just... I say Eric J., but it's like, well, it's not just the J. Right. J. A. Y. Anyway. And uh, you can also follow my personal Twitter account where I really don't do much, but it's there at Eric J. A. Y. Harris. And you can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram at The Gargoyle Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Gargoyle Podcast and on Letterboxd at um, The Gargoyle. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes that uh, we've done ever, uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Anchor.fm. Just do a search for The Gargoyle Podcast. That's G-A-R-G-Y-L-E because it's a gargoyle wearing an argyle sweater. Um, and if you enjoy our Christmas analysis and ramblings, you do not want to miss our next episode. Our next episode is going to be our Christmas spect the adequate. It's going to be, be okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be all right. It's, um, I, I think that good things are going to happen with the Christmas spect adequate. I think that, I think that decent things, it's going to be okay. Some, uh, some pr- pretty average things. Yeah. For you sure. know, they're, there might or might not be uh, be some guests stopping by. There, yep. There, there might or might not be some people who are just like a lot of fun to talk to, uh, swinging by and uh, and talking things. Coming in from the cold. Yeah. Sit around the fire and chat Christmas and horror and Christmas horror and yeah, all the good things about Christmas. It's it, it, it's going to be okay. All the okay. All the... <laughs> average everyday things about christmas and movies yeah there might or might not be some uh indie horror directors coming and talking to us yeah whatever it's no big deal just maybe maybe there might be a new rendition of twas the night before christmas maybe maybe 
there might be some sort of thing that Nathan keeps taunting me with um, that I'm going to hate, I think, maybe. Who knows what that is. <laughs> maybe. That might happen. There's no guarantees. I mean, it's not a spectacular. It's just a Christmas spectacular. So, uh, yeah. Even though it's only going to be okay, you do not want to miss that episode. We'll, we'll have that uh, posted I don't know when. Sometime before Christmas, maybe. I mean, it's, it, whatever. It's not a Christmas special or anything. <laughs> maybe you'll get it before Christmas. Maybe. Just, you know, it's it's a gift, so, you know, just be appreciative. and. It, it's like <laughs> one of the gifts that, uh, that you're like, oh, crap, I forgot to wrap that. And so, like, you just bring it in the bag or, like, find <laughs> a different uh, plastic bag. It's like, oh, no, I totally did not buy this at Walmart, even though, like, you did. Yeah. That's 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 an extremely appropriate analogy for what this is. Yeah, and, and it'll be okay. All right, that's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, aka the Gargoyle, and I'm Eric, aka the Chimerican, and I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off of my podcast <laughs> before I pump your guts full of lead. <laughs> your podcast off of our podcast. There you go. <laughs> Really, it's your podcast. I'm just, I don't even, I'm not even really a co-host because I don't do anything but just show up. I'm more like a uh, a full-time guest. <laughs> this is the holiday takeover is uh, the, the Chimerican coming in and kicking out the Gargoyle. By pumping your guts full of lead. Well, you know. One, two, ten. Blah! That's how it goes, right? That's how it goes, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. Ah, <laughs> this might be one of our best outros. I think so. I love it. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, you know, I always remember it as uh, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. I know that it's not, but like go on any sort of social media and you will see hashtag Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. That line is never uttered in the movie. I think you're, you know what? That, I'm pretty sure I have seen it that way before too. Yeah, it's it's keep the change. Yeah, I, I know that I have posted that. I know that I have posted Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And then afterwards be like, wait, crap. That line is never said in the movie. Yeah, they actually have like t-shirts that say Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it is just keep the change because he's not watching a Christmas movie. He's watching Angels with Filthy Souls. Maybe it is a Christmas movie. Because it's about angels. Yeah, may, maybe those are the angels that never got their wings. Oh, man, I was just about to say this. It, it, it can, like, from It's a Wonderful Life, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're just jaded that's, because they never got their wings. That's that's what happens when an angel doesn't get their wings. Uh, they turn to a life of crime. So ring as many bells as you can Wait till to you're, save these angels from a life of crime. Wait till everyone in your house is asleep and then ring the hell out of those bells. <laughs> <laughs> does like a bell sound effect on your phone count or does it have to be an actual I feel like bell? it's gotta be an actual bell it's gotta be god doesn't have any shortcuts what what if it's krampus's bell does that Ooh. still give an angel its wings maybe it gives um one of the krampus elves their wings or maybe like a new toy turns into a horrifying creature okay so ring as many bells as you can except for krampus bells don't touch we, his bells. We don't, we don't want to know what happens don't, when you ring Krampus' bells. Don't jingle Krampus' bells. You know, I was pretty <laughs> proud of this outro until we took we took it too far, man. I am super proud of this outro. We had to we had to make it terrible because otherwise it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be us. Exactly. 
All right, make sure that you come back soon for a Christmas spectacular. It'll be okay. All right, bye.